Hey, Eric Bakker, your host of the Look Great Naked podcast, and of course, the founder of the Look Great Naked protocol powered by Bach Performance. And today, I'm going to break down my top seven fitness industry predictions for 2024. Yes, we're going to talk about things that are coming right down the pipeline, so you know what to expect when it comes to content, trends that you're going to see, and also help you keep a very strong BS detector so you know that you're focusing on the right information at the right time so you can get in the best possible shape. Now, before we jump into today's episode, something very important. You see, today we are launching our 2024 scholarship promotion, meaning we are giving away 24 partial scholarships to our Look Great Naked protocol and one full ride to somebody who's going to get a full year of coaching inside of the coaching program. To join in, to take advantage of this best offer, which is the best offer we will have in 2024 before our prices actually increase, all you need to do, head over to Instagram and go to Bach Performance, send me a private message saying scholarship. We will send you the instructions for what you need to do to apply. And if you are selected, help you get in the best shape of your life and do so at the best possible rate before the start of the year. Now for today's show, let's hit it. In terms of 2024, what is coming down the pipeline? What do we know that happened this year that we can emphasize a little bit more? So the first big prediction I have here, group fitness and sports leagues will thrive in 2024. One thing we have seen a huge rise in is obviously things like pickleball and even badminton. We're seeing a lot more sports organizations pop up because these different organizations are bridging the gap between what people are able to do for their health and their wellness, but also connection, building community. You see, since 2020, people have become lonelier than ever. And I've seen in my business and amongst many other businesses that creating more human connection is becoming more and more important, especially after going through things like lockdowns, having the ability to go to gyms, all of this stuff taken away. So finding things that you can do generally outdoors that connect you with other people is incredibly important and is going to continue growing across the board. Take it into account as well, depending what happens with the economy. Well, if there is continued inflation or different unemployment rates, people are generally going to look for things that are going to be able to bring more people together and lower the price point. And in cases like that, we typically see actually during downtimes economically increases in things like group training more group classes, and some decreases in terms of what happens on an individual level, simply based on price points, and for people that own businesses in the fitness industry, different ability to scale. If you can have a lot more people paying fewer dollars each and every time you go through, well, for them, that can be beneficial because they have a higher profit margin, make more for their time, and then the consumer at the end of the day is also able to save a little bit. How can you incorporate these components directly into what you're doing right now? Well, one of the most important things you can do is simple. When you go to the gym, even if you're training by yourself, if you're not in a group league, anything like that, take your headphones off. Very simple. A lot of people go through and think fitness needs to be a solo endeavor with zero connection. The reality is we don't all need to be drones walking around listening to our own podcasts, listening to music, whatever it is, without any personal connection. In fact, some of the best connections you can make can happen in the gym. And if we want to look at it from a performance component, if you're always blasting music when you're training, you're always getting that little extra hit of dopamine, trying to get fired up. Well, that actually makes it less effective as a tool using loud music, using your favorite tunes when you're training, if you're always blasting that music. So if you want to be able to lean into some of these same benefits of having more connection, some of the things that we're going to see beyond just group fitness and be able to take it amongst yourself to be able to improve your own experience in the gym, simply take your headphones off, have conversations with people. When you need to get going for a squad, for a deadlift, for a max out, whatever it is, yeah, pop them back in. But becoming more social in a gym personally can have a lot of these same benefits without additional 
changes. Now, the second thing we're going to see, the rise of machines. What do I mean by that? Well, interestingly enough, Andrew Huberman on the ever so popular Huberman podcast claimed earlier this week, or maybe two weeks ago at this point, that he doesn't do any conventional barbell lifts or conventional deadlifts or squats. And so we've seen this big uproar on social media, people saying, oh, what about squats? What about deadlifts? And so what we're going to see as a result of this, and I'm going to tie this into the next point as well, we're going to see an increased use of machines in terms of training. Now, not saying this is good or bad, but what tends to happen is people will see one headline and they automatically equate something that one person's doing, especially somebody as influential as Andrew Huberman, and say, you know what? If they're not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And we're already seeing people nitpick problems with exercises like squats, problems with exercises like deadlifts. So where do I stand on this? Well, here's the reality. You see, the king of all exercises exercises would be squats and deadlifts. Pick whichever one you want. For pure strength, deadlift, a better option. If you want to be able to build more muscle because of the eccentric component, then a squat is going to be a great option. However, you don't just need to force feed those particular exercises because what Huberman said is he will incorporate different variations of these exercises to hit the same muscle groups. For example, you can use something like a hack squat, which is a squat which is with a somewhat horizontal plane that takes stress away directly from your spine, allows you to really hammer your quads a little bit more, and still trains the squat movement pattern with a lot less back stress. It's not that squats and deadlifts are bad, it's just that Huberman is simply saying, from his point of view, what he is currently doing for himself, they no longer fit the picture the same way that they did before. And that's something I see a lot of lifters do. They change exercises over time. And that's what the smart ones do. There are a lot of people who tend to get stuck thinking they need to bench, squat, deadlift, keep these key exercises all the time as the primary focus. And it's the only way that they can make progress or it makes you hardcore. When the reality is sometimes we have to look at a different exercise and think, does it actually serve us? Is the biological cost to our joints, to our recovery, is it worth what we're actually getting back from the exercise? And in some cases with squats and deadlifts, the answer is no. And so what we're going to see is an increased use of machines. And as we typically do, a big swing one direction versus the other when it comes to the way that you see content positioned on social media. But this point also ties directly into another trend that we are seeing. You see, when we look directly at the latest kind of trend towards the back end of this year and what we're going to see continuing into 24 is my second point. Low volume training continues to thrive. And I'll talk about the low volume component in one second. Low volume, a lot of this information, a lot of the gravitas, whatever you want to call it, that people are really latching onto stems from the work of legendary bodybuilder Mike Menser. Mike Menser went completely the opposite way of what you'd see with somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're very high intensity very low frequency, very low volume training. When he was taking his exercises, they were going to failure and he would do a couple sets and that would be it. He has an incredible book um, called Heavy Duty Training by Mike Menser. I definitely recommend checking that out. But one of the key things to understand with Menser, a lot of this approach with low volume training happened on machines. So seeing somebody as influential as Huberman talk about, hey, I don't do benches or I don't do squats. I don't do deadlifts. I tend to use more of these machine-based exercises in conjunction with a increasing focus on lower volume training and people loving the training philosophies of somebody like Mike Menser, they correlate directly, right? Because Menser, a lot of his work was done on the Nautilus training equipment, one of the most popular brands that are out there. And so these two aspects are going to work in tandem. Now, speaking directly with low volume training, why is this rising in popularity? Well, something that we've seen is typically as people get more advanced with their training, they do not need as much volume necessarily to continue to grow and to get stronger. For example, if you have somebody who squats 
400 pounds, they might only need one or two work sets that are done close to failure to create a maximum muscle building response, where somebody who's not nearly as strong might need three sets. They might need four sets because they're not able to generate as much force. They're not able to recruit as many muscle fibers because they're generating less force and recruiting fewer muscle fibers than the stronger individual who can use lower volume. The recovery demands for the person are going to be a little bit different. In a recent podcast with coach and my friend, Brandon Hale, he discussed one of the biggest differences specifically in his training as he's added over 60 pounds of muscle in less than 18 months. And that was, he's pulled back on his volume, but he pushes the intensity a lot more, meaning he's doing fewer sets, but taking them directly to or very close to muscular failure. And so what we need to understand is as people tend to get stronger, their ability or the amount of recovery it takes to recover from a nearly all-out effort in the gym is exponentially higher. There's more stress on all your connective tissue, on your central nervous system, on your immune system, all of these components that play a role in how well you actually recover from an exercise, right? And so as people are getting more advanced in the gym and they're buying into these methods and learning to train harder more effectively, which is absolutely awesome, by the way, they're learning that, you know what, I don't need to spend as much time in the gym, but when I am in the gym, a low volume approach allows me to push things as hard as physically possible to create the desired response that I want with my body so I can build muscle and look great naked without creating so much of an inroads for recovery that I cannot fully bounce back and take advantage of all the hard training that I'm putting in. Trend number four in 2024, recovery tools continue to boom. So I cannot go on Instagram without getting targeted towards $3,000 cold plunges every five seconds. It's a pain in the ass. Reality is I'm not a huge fan of the cold plunge, mostly from my early days playing football in, uh, in Wisconsin and freezing after practices, jumping in a cold tub after practicing in, you know, 30 or less degree weather for a couple hours beforehand. That notwithstanding, recovery tools are crucial, right? Being able to focus on things like leveraging a cold plunge, a sauna, um, sleeping, becoming more in tune with the different biometric trackers that we have going on that are measuring things like HRV. These are all crucial. There's a fine line, an area that a lot of people need to emphasize, and it is the recovery. You see, for most people, getting in the gym and training hard is not the issue. It's actually the fun part. The majority of people do not get enough sleep. They do not take time to decompress. They don't have maybe a mindfulness practice. They don't pull off the throttle. The gym, when they go in, it's often a tool to reduce stress. So they go even harder. And so what tends to happen is people work plenty hard to get results, but they do not focus enough on the recovery component, right? And so when we don't focus on the recovery, it's this dynamic that essentially means if we're not recovering from all the hard work, if we're not recovering from the stress, from the stimulus that we're putting in the gym, well, we're not actually going to see the results of what we are doing. And so when we look at these last couple predictions in conjunction, they actually tie together very well. If people are picking exercises that might be more beneficial for them stimulating particular muscle groups without as much joint stress, that's going to help with recovery. Lower volume training, even if we keep the intensity high, can also boost recovery. And if we start to use ancillary tools like a cold plunge, if you're tracking biometrics like an aura ring or whatever it is, well, this is going to give people continued insight into how they can start to train a little bit smarter to take care of their health and really optimize that recovery process so they can make the most of the hard work that they're putting into the gym itself. Similar to last year, I also expect plant-based diets to thrive in 2024. Now, am I a fan of that? No, not necessarily. Now, by and large, I think people do best when it comes to optimizing health and optimizing performance when they are focusing on a diet full of minimally processed foods, primarily foods that either had a face, animals, dead animal flesh, or came from the ground. 
plants, right? Where we run into issues when people take these hard swings towards any one of these areas. For every vegan, we now have a carnivore. For every low carb you know, advocate, we have a high carb advocate, right? And so what happens is we create this division in the fitness industry where people think everything is black and white. You're vegan or you're carnivore, right? Well, the reality is we need to find some balance in between these different components. But based on things that you know we see environmentally, uh, political discourse, things going on, there's a lot of push to continue making plant-based foods a bigger focus, not just in the health and fitness community, but in terms of the overall eating structure, particularly here in North America, when people are looking at carbon emissions, all of that. Now, it's a complete secondary conversation, whether that has much merit, one I would be happy to get into at a further point of discussion. But the reality is we're seeing more restaurants than ever pop up with many of these plant-based options. We are seeing more vegetarian proteins. And so it's not that this is bad, indifferent one or the other, but it's something that we should expect and something that we should be able to navigate together. And again, it's not that there are issues with a lot of these plant-based foods. Some of them there are when they are filled with highly processed oils and all this other bullshit. I'm looking at you, Beyond Meats. What we have to look at is, is there a swing that is going too far And are you being influenced by things that may not necessarily be in your best interest of your health? Speaking personally and having looked at the blood work of some of my clients who are vegetarian, vegan, I definitely tend to notice those who are completely plant-based. They might have a lower body weight, but they also tend to be a lot more lethargic. They're getting sick easier. They are not building muscle as effectively and having a host of other issues that, that tend to take place. And it's not that that's everybody, but I can easily tell a distinct difference between my clients who are eating animal products and those who are purely on a plant-based approach. Take that for what you will. That's just what I've seen over the last 15 years of coaching and a couple thousand people. Now, number six, what we're going to see is a continued increase in the growth in things like rocking and hiking as an exercise modality. Now, this has been something that's been growing in popularity for years. In fact, I remember, especially when I was writing more, probably five, 10 years ago, a company, GoRuck, uh, reached out to me to help them create a training program. And so rucking is essentially throwing on a weighted backpack or a rucksack and going for long walks, going for hikes. It's incredible exercise. You see, when you're going on a ruck, let's say weighted walk, your core is working double time to not only be able to maintain a erect spine, being able to control all the stabilizing muscles while you have additional load on you, it's creating a ton of dynamic stabilization all the way through your foot, ankle, and knee, right? Beyond that, there's also a huge metabolic component directly with rucking and hiking, where yes, it's going to be great for your cardiovascular exercise. And it's going to be frankly awesome to be able to get outside and do more exercise out in nature, which lends to my second thought when it comes to rucking and hiking. You see, we have a growing increase of people working directly behind screens, spending a lot of time indoors with artificial light and needing ways to not only disconnect from being in front of a screen all the time, but also connecting with the physical world that much more. And so what we're seeing is a greater increase in people looking to do more things that are outdoors. Rucking and hiking are are particularly awesome activities, both from the fitness component, but also from a mental health component. You can check out all the research on stuff like this as well. When you have people who are spending more time in green space or even near green space within cities, mental health definitely tends to improve. There's something calming about nature. And so anytime that you can make it a focus to rock, hike, just go for walks outside is going to be incredibly beneficial. One of the biggest things that I focus on, especially if I'm having a rough day, is I go through multiple walks throughout the day, right? Take my dog, 
go enjoy nature, maybe look at some alligators, whatever I'm seeing on my walk. It's a great way not only to stay lean, to stay healthy, but it's incredibly beneficial for mental health. And so rucking, hiking, even walking, we're going to see a continued focus on these basic modalities going into 2024. Then finally, number seven, we're going to see a bigger push towards sobriety, particularly on avoiding alcohol. Now, I see this a lot in the entrepreneurial circles that I'm in, uh, but it's something that I think is really important for us to talk about, right? Obviously, we're all adults here. We can make whatever choices that we want. We can live a little. We can be as strict as we want. I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to give you my feedback and, and what I tend to see. But through growing episodes such as the Human Podcast, going through a two to three hour diatribe on the dangers of alcohol, we're seeing a lot more people looking and pushing back actually from alcohol, right? And frankly, drugs and any substances in general. And this is a good thing because at the same time, we're also having higher rates of addiction and substance abuse in the United States really than we ever have before. And so we're having this combination of both increased awareness on the dangers of alcohol, which you know we can look at many different studies that try to validate alcohol as something being healthy. They're all kind of bullshit. But now we're seeing the pushback. What are the, some of the dangers in building more awareness around a growing problem? And so I'm not here to tell you what to do one way or the other with alcohol, but it's something that I've seen. A lot more people taking on challenges to embrace sobriety, embrace being able to have fun without the use of drugs and alcohol. Taking a step further, one thing I've seen, I've seen this a little bit locally, which is you know a little bit bizarre in South Carolina because they will be one of the last states in the United States to uh, legalize or even decriminalize marijuana, but we're starting to see different types of first mocktails, a lot of different mocktails and you know, obviously things that taste like alcohol that aren't necessarily alcohol that are becoming more popular at bars, restaurants, so on and so forth, but even cannabis cocktails and cannabis cocktail bars. So while there's been an increase in the desire for many people to look at sobriety in terms of alcohol, we're also seeing an increase in use of things like marijuana, right? So that has its own host, host of issues. But when we're seeing different things pop up like mocktail bars and cocktail bars, providing different social structures that people can go enjoy themselves, socialize, without necessarily relying on the United States old standby or frankly, the world's old standby alcohol, well, that provides something that's very compelling. So those are my big predictions for 2024. I think they should uh, all be of intrigue and going over them one by one. We're going to see an increase in terms of group fitness and sports leagues and a bigger focus on community. We're going to see an increased use of machines and popularity of machines in the gym in conjunction with point number three, low volume training continues to grow in popularity. In addition, we're going to see a continued focus on biometrics and recovery tools as people realize that when you optimize your health, and your wellness, well, that's actually going to help improve your cognitive function, everything else directly in your life as well. And it's going to help you get more bang for your buck out of those gym sessions that you're putting in. Number five, we're going to see a continued increase with plant-based diets for good or for bad. I will let you decide on that one. And then we're going to see an increase in rucking, hiking, and walking, people getting outdoors, wanting to connect with nature to offset the increasingly digital lifestyle that we do have. And then finally, number seven, sobriety is going to scale. We're going to see more people leaning in to avoiding alcohol and potentially other substances as they continue to take more control directly over their health. Now, I would love to know what you think about these seven fitness industry predictions. If you could drop me a quick comment over on YouTube, if you're checking out there, or if you had a lot of value directly from this podcast or anything else, do me a favor, please drop me a five-star review and leave a comment. If you do share this directly on your favorite social media platform, such as Instagram, tag me at Bach Performance. I will select one person who does that tag and send them over one of my favorite products from Legion Athletics. So you can continue to look great naked without living in the gym. Hey, it's Eric here again. Now, there are three ways that I can help you look great naked. 
Number one, if you want to grab a free copy of the Look Right Naked Protocol to help you lose body fat without counting calories, then go to bachperformance.com backslash free training. Number two, if you're a busy guy looking to build muscle, then I recommend checking out our Minimalist Muscle Blitz, which has helped over 1,000 men build muscle without living in the gym. Just go to minimalistmuscleblitz.com. The link will also be available in the show notes. Or number three, and last, if you want to work with me directly and get the best results possible, apply at bachperformance.com backslash coaching to look great naked without living in the gym. Until next time, my friend. Hey, it's Eric here again. Now, there are three ways that I can help you look great naked. Number one, if you want to grab a free copy of the Look Great Naked Protocol to help you lose body fat without counting calories, then go to bachperformance.com backslash free training. Number two, if you're a busy guy looking to build muscle, then I recommend checking out our Minimalist Muscle Blitz, which has helped over 1,000 men build muscle without living in the gym. Just go to minimalistmuscleblitz.com. The link will also be available in the show notes. Or number three, and last, if you want to work with me directly and get the best results possible, apply at bachperformance.com backslash coaching to look great naked without living in the gym. Until next time, my friend.